0: I was going to play pro. I was 100% set on it until my fifth year. <laughs> and I was like, time to move on. Well, let's get to that. So, we're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, you're welcome.
1: It has been my pleasure and my honor to represent you all. In the twilight of her basketball career, Pepperdine star Paige Feskey suffered a significant shoulder injury.
0: I actually got injured on Thanksgiving Day in 2018 and played five more games with it injured. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the brightest choice, but I was like, I mean, I knew I was going to have, like, it was going to be a big year for me. Um, And I kind of, I think I didn't want to like, let it go, even though I literally could not even throw the ball near the hoop. My arm was so not okay. (laughs) Um, But like letting go of like what could have been, I think was really hard to like, take a second and acknowledge like I'm not bettering the team by like suffering through my arm hurting so bad.
1: Pepperdine star Paige Fesky also experienced a global pandemic in the final season of her basketball career.
0: We came back and they were there was like talk of potentially going to like other tournaments and that eventually was like not happening because of COVID.
1: But this isn't a story about retirement by injury or retirement by pandemic. This is a story about retirement by loss of joy.
0: I was gonna play pro. I was 100% set on it until my fifth year. (laughs) And I was like, time to move on.
1: Well, let's get to that. So Paige had that big shoulder injury, her true senior season. She tried to play through it, but it was so bad that she couldn't get passes to her teammates and she was airballing her shots. And I was like, I
0: don't know what to do. Um, So I ended up going to the doctor, I think after that and learning how actually like how bad it actually was. And from then, the decision kind of was easy. Like, I needed to fix my arm. It was, Mm -hmm. like, not even really a question at that point.
1: That news from the doctor made the choice easy for Paige. She would get surgery and take her fifth year. Because of where she was at academically and with her NCAA eligibility, taking that fifth year also meant going to get a graduate degree. But... I'll talk more about that later. As for the injury, Paige is the kind of athlete that has just always busted her butt. Like we're talking getting up at 3am because that's when the gym at Pepperdine was open, kind of busting her butt. And she approached her rehab process with that same mentality. By the time the summer of 2019 rolled around,
0: I felt better than even before i worked really hard i was even (laughs) i was doing basketball training with um a guy who played at pepperdine while i was there also but um he's older i was training with my left hand so i would go and do one-arm training and shoot with my left hand too because i really didn't want to like fall behind and i totally could have just like sat and done nothing and kind of felt sorry for myself, but it just, I don't know. It kind of like gave me a new way to see basketball. Like I could be a a better teammate. Like I had to sit on the bench every game, every practice, sitting on the side. I could have sat there and said nothing, or I could have participated and offered what I see from the sideline and been, as helpful as I could be, like with not being able to touch the ball or the court. So,
1: after making the most of the sideline time and the downtime she was forced to have because of the injury, Paige, heading into her fifth year season, was a more complete player than she'd ever been. So, this is the summer of 2019. Another thing. Also happens in the world of pepperdine women's basketball this summer. There's a coaching change. So you mentioned you were set on playing pro until your fifth year. So what happened?
0: <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, I will just put it this way. I was told. I was not going to be the star of the team.
1: Let me just break this down. Paige was a stud. She touched school records as a point guard. She was a prolific scorer who ended up surpassing the 1,000-point milestone. She had established herself as a difference maker for this Pepperdine team. And then her role completely changed. And that was made very clear with how much I played
0: and how I was treated and that as awful and terrible as it was, I grew as a person more than I would have if I didn't experience that. I don't wish it upon anyone else. It's not easy. but it was, it was worth it. I, it was my third head coach. She had actually recruited me to her school when I was in high school. And I interviewed her when she came to Pepperdine. And yeah, I, I mean, to this day, I'm not sure what happened, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I really felt like I put my best foot forward in being a leader and communicating and working my butt off. Like, I, it didn't make sense. It, does, it It'll never make sense. And that's okay. I learned how to speak up for myself. And I think that is more important than like scoring points and all that.
1: Absolutely. I mean you think that you can, uh, tick all the boxes and, okay, I work really hard. I'm taking care of my body, so I'm not going to get injured. Like I took the rest that I needed. I'm, you know, being a good leader and you can do all the quote unquote right things. And there are still things that you can't control or that come out of left field, things that you don't plan for. And that's definitely, definitely life in a nutshell. So Paige is trying to adjust to this big shift, this shift she didn't see coming that very much derailed her ideas of how this final season at Pepperdine might go. And figuring that out, figuring out how to show up, figuring out how to be herself in this new role, and really what she feels is this totally different basketball environment for her, starts to deeply affect her mentally and emotionally.
0: It was more so, like, towards the middle of the season where I was like, I really want to focus on grad school Mm -hmm. because this isn't, it wasn't, like, fun anymore. And something that I always had when I played sports was, like, I was expressive, and I, like, was so, like, happy to play, um, and that was, like, so gone. I still had the mentality of, like, wanting to win. It, it just, I don't know, the <laughs> I don't even know how to put it into words. <laughs> Maybe I still need to process some things, but, um, it just was so, So much was just like taken, like the joy, the even getting to play, because that was, she had the power to do that. And, and yeah.
1: No, I mean, it's, it's such a struggle because I think we live in this culture and we want to believe ourselves that like you are responsible for your own happiness and uh, someone can't take something from you and like you can make. Lemons out of lemonade in whatever situation you're in, or you can make, you know, you can just shift that mindset in a certain way to like make the experience better. But it's like such a mind F because no, like in sports, there really is someone who has that power, a lot of power to like steal that joy, as as you put it. And I think it it can be really detrimental to, you know, when you talk to your support systems, they they want to help you feel better. So they're like, Oh, like, can you do this? And can you do this? And it's like, yes, but it's also like there is this force that is kind of just like omnipotent in a way.
0: Yeah, definitely. But the one thing I said to myself when all of that was happening, because there were a lot of games where that was the case where I just was sitting that I was going to be the best teammate and I was going to be the most annoying cheerleader on the bench and I was still going to carry myself in a way that I wasn't bothered because I know like letting people win is like a thing like people say but it felt better to not go inward and be sad and whatever but At the end of the day, like looking back on it, it was very sad and it was very hard. Um, But I think the way that I handled it and dealt with all of that was like something I can
1: still be proud of, even though it did feel so terrible. She did her best to hold her head high and create good from the experience until her very last game on March 9th. 2020?
0: Um, I was ready. Every second I went out there, even if it was for two minutes, four minutes or eight minutes in the game before against BYU or 10, I think it was 10 minutes. Um, I literally gave everything I could possibly give to basketball. And I don't actually remember vividly the last game. I know it wasn't good. <laughs> Um, and I was sitting on my butt on a chair, but I like was at peace, like, like letting it go because it wasn't serving me in the way that it used to. It wasn't fun. And I wasn't like looking forward to every game or enjoying practice or enjoying training. And I like my favorite part of basketball was like doing the work because That was where I got close with some of my coaches that I had throughout my Pepperdine career. Um, I I met really amazing trainers on the side and who I still have relationships with. And that is kind of more important thinking back, like the people that I have in my life still because of that.
1: Once basketball was over, Paige turned her attention wholly to finishing her master's in clinical psychology with an emphasis in marriage and family therapy. It was a program that she became super interested in and which she almost wouldn't have done had it not been for the twists and turns of basketball. It
0: wasn't something I really was thinking about. I had a moment where I thought of just picking the easiest thing. And then it crossed my mind that maybe I should pick something where I could make a career out of it. Um, So I chose the master's in uh, psychology. Um, And every single class I took, I enjoyed I did not get any good grades in undergrad. I didn't care, which isn't really like me, but I really was like not into it. Um and in grad school, like every class I was like excited to go to school. I was excited for learning something new and learning something that felt like it it resonated with me. Um and I've always had people kind of tell me like, oh, you would be a, a, a good <laughs> therapist. Like when I was a kid and I didn't talk, I'm sure people love that. <laughs> so, yeah, it just kind of
1: happened. Paige graduated this past May. She's now an associate marriage and family therapist working to get her 3000 hours so that she can then take the test to become a licensed therapist. Right now, she works with high school boys and she loves it.
0: They, There's like a stigma around high school boys, like not being emotional, not opening up to people. And I have found that is not the case. <laughs> um, and I mean, I've even had some of the boys like write me a card saying like you made me feel seen and heard. And I didn't know it was possible. (laughs) So (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know. I get to just like show up for people and, and give them even like an hour of the day where they can just say how they feel. And, um, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of something that's underrated.
1: A lot of skills and concepts from Paige's time as an athlete have transferred over for her in this next chapter. Namely, a strong work ethic, communication skills, and one big thing she learned towards the end of her career during that super difficult time shifting to a different role on the team.
0: Even though, like, we were athletes, we were still human beings underneath that, and I think that is a huge thing that gets looked over. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess just, like, even applying that to all people, like, everyone has their thing, but, like, even below that, there's, like, a core of who people are, Mm -hmm. and, like, Allowing that to be their identity, not just being like an athlete. Like, there's so much more to people than just
1: that. It's an essential perspective for Paige and all budding and current therapists to take with any person, any group of people. But, you know, I had to ask. Think you'd ever want to be a sports psychologist? Yeah. I mean, that's something
0: I definitely can like involve myself with just being a therapist in general. Um, I actually did a project on that in grad school. Um, we had to build a private practice Mm. and mine was like creating a program that goes to universities and like provides an actual like therapist, not just focusing on sports, because so much of what affects everyone in their sport is what's going on off the court. Absolutely. Yeah. Just look at someone who can't make a free throw and be like, oh, they're in their head. It's like, okay, well, why are they in their head? What thoughts do they have? What are they telling themselves when they step up to the free throw line? Like, oh, I suck. I'm going to miss. Well, where did they learn that language from? So it like goes so far past just like shooting a free throw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what the future holds, you know.
1: <laughs> thank you to Paige Besky for coming onto the podcast. And thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.